Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode Number 40. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Monday, Steelers Nation. This victory Monday for Steelers fans and the Steelers players. It appears Mike Tomlin has given the players a day off after their West Coast 24-17 victory over the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. Pittsburgh now 4-2. On the season, Dave, we just mentioned it before we, we, we started the, the show here. They've done it again. It's the same way, almost identical to how they've won basically all four games this season, how they've won many of these uh, past seasons. I mean, it, it feels like just go listen to an episode we've done earlier this year and you probably get the same vibe from what happened yesterday, but happy for a win nonetheless. The unsustainable remains sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> and how long can the unsustainable be sustainable? We'll find out. You know, I can't help but go back to that uh, Chris Long on his podcast uh, after the Ravens game saying, do you love these rock fights? These guys are the Floyd Mayweather of rock fights. He says, Mike, Mike Tomlin, I mean, he's undefeated. So the math, math here uh, in this situation, they are a great team. Uh, they are a great rock fight team. And uh, somewhere within, I think that same episode, he, he said something to the effect of, you know, don't let the Steelers hang around and uh, parlay all this kind of into that, you know, what we, we what we talked about after, I think, the Ravens game as well, too, with, uh, you know, the, the, the Joey Porter uh, 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 interaction with Tomlin and us talking about how, you know, these 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 players just love Mike Tomlin and play hard for him. And uh I think you you wrap all that up into one and I mean they 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 did it again. I mean uh you know a, a game that you kind of felt that e- even even there at the end with a couple of those bonehead you know penalties for 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 taunting you thought man are they gonna let this one slip away but uh uh, they obviously didn't, and I tell you another kind of a, a, a astounding fact when you when you look, it doesn't feel like it, I guess, but w- when you look back at this team going all the way back to last year's bye week, which was in week nine of the 2022 season, the Steelers are somehow 11 and four, mm. d- dating back to their 2022 bye week which once again was in week nine, their four losses, you know, since then were to the Bengals and Ravens last year. And then obviously the 49ers and, and, and the Texans uh, this year. So, I mean, 15 games, it, it doesn't feel like it, but I mean, that's what it is. They're 11 and four, you know, dating back to their uh, bye week. And yeah, you can say, well, some of those games late, it's hard to win games in the NFL. I mean, we see mm-hmm. that uh, week in and week out, right? So I mean, if you win, if you win a game in the NFL, it's something. And to go 11 and four dating back to their bye week, especially with kind of what we at least view 
these teams that they have filled in, and obviously rookie quarterback and and offensive line and defensive warts. I mean, I you, you got to take your hat off and hand it to to Mike Tomlin. You do, and I wonder how, how is that is that the best record in football since then? I think the Eagles, the 49ers, I just checked the Bengals, I think are slightly better, but that's got to be one of the top five records in football over that span. Your record is what what it says it is, right? And I mean, once again, you know, you, you, style points isn't their thing. And I mean, they're they're. <laughs> I'll just wrap it back up with this: they're a great rock fighting team. Mm-hmm. Well, it goes back to what I've talked about. I've had the stats. I had it Monday, I believe, after the bye. How well this team does in close games since two thousand and seven. No team has played in more one possession games than the Pittsburgh Steelers. No team has a better winning percentage in one possession games than the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's true if you look at 2021 to 2023. And I believe over the last two years, I want to say, just working off memory here, I think Pittsburgh is now 11 and 5 in 2022 and 2023 in one possession games. And so even in the post Ben era where you could say he was clutch and he was the master at the fourth quarter comeback, you remove him. This team is still has a top five one possession game record and so when it's close when it's late Pittsburgh finds a way to win and that's what they did on Sunday against the Rams yeah and the Rams you know played their part in it but you once again you can't control you know uh what the other team does man can you imagine if if Mike Tomlin had run out of timeouts and uh the spot of that football there uh at, at, at the end on the quarterback sneak of of Kenny Pickett uh, can you imagine what the uh, outcry would be? I mean, you know, it's it's one of those. I, I guess why talk about hypotheticals, but you know, your mind races several different ways, especially after a game uh, like this. But and they just they just keep winning. We keep saying that you know it's not sustainable, but they've sustained it enough to go eleven and, <laughs> eleven and four, dating back to uh, and look, uh, you know. As a whole, yesterday, I mean, from from start, I mean, yeah, there there's there's a lot of warts that we're going to get to, and, and and some bad, you know, in that game yesterday. But I mean, it, it was a better all around performance, sure. you know, it was. Uh, uh, for them, and and especially on the offensive side of football, you know, maybe not for for three quarters like you'd like to see it. You know, it it, it still felt clunky, but that clunkiness had a better shine to it. I, I think overall on, on the offensive side of the football and man, you just, you, you, you keep, uh, you know, they have not obviously played their best football and haven't had a complete game and, and yada, yada. But, you know, I think one of my main takeaways, at least on the offensive side of football was it was better. You're right. They've not had a complete game. They had their best to me quarter of the season last night or yesterday in the fourth quarter. I thought that was the best 15 minutes they played the entire season, both offense and defense. Let me just Ken, give you Ken, one. Kenny Pickett's too. That was probably his single best for uh, the single best quarter of football that he's played, right? Seven yeah, of seven. The, oh yeah. I mean, the Ravens game was good too, but I think this one just overall was better. Um, let me just give you a, my favorite stat from stats of the weird, just to put a bow on this you know, how this team finds ways to win, despite you kind of wonder if you're a national media analyst, how does this team find ways to win? 
Pittsburgh, four and two on the season. They have not had more plays from scrimmage, total yardage, or first downs than their opponent in any of the six games they played this year. They have been outproduced in all three categories in every single game, and yet they are four and two. That has to be the only team in the world that can do that. And that's a compliment, but it just kind of blows my mind about seeing some of these baseline figures matched with the record. The math certainly does not math when it when it comes to that. But you know, once again, they they are four and two. And man, if I would have told you after they got blown out by the uh, by the 49ers in week one that this team would be four and two uh, at this point, not sure how many people I wouldn't have believed it. Uh, but here they are, and now you're you got an opportunity to to really make make a statement at home. In, in week eight against the Jaguars, mm-hmm. a team that's one spot ahead of you in the conference rankings. And uh, once again, they'll, this, I don't know if this will end up a pick em game or, or, or the Jaguars favored by a point or whatnot, but uh, people will have their doubts uh, about the Steelers heading into this one, especially with the Jaguars coming off of a, uh, a, a long week because they played on Thursday and all. But uh, all right, let's get into this thing. Yeah, let's do it here, Dave. Let's just reset here briefly and talk about what happened in the lead up to this game since our last Friday show. Quick uh, injury roundup exiting the Rams game. Pittsburgh generally seemingly healthy. Only person that Mike Tomlin named post game from an injury standpoint was linebacker Cole Holcomb, who suffered an ankle injury, I believe, to the right ankle, but he did return. So, you know, should be good to go for the Jacksonville game as things stand right now. We'll hear from Tomlin on Tuesday for some more injury information. Pittsburgh making roster moves prior to the game. They officially activated wide receiver Deontay Johnson from IR to the team's 53-man roster. He played on Sunday, of course. The team released wide receiver Gunnar Olszewski. And the unfortunate news here is that tight end Pat Frymuth, who we expected to not play in the Rams game due to an aggravation of his hamstring injury, he has now been placed on injured reserve, meaning he'll miss the next couple of weeks at least. And so that's the unfortunate Situation with Friermuth, but it was good to get Deontay Johnson back. Anthony McFarland, by the way, remains on IR. We'll see if he gets activated for um, Sunday's game against the Jaguars. Yeah, went into that one yesterday. Another 52-man roster uh, for them. They only had four inactive players because of that. And those were uh, who? Mason Rudolph was the third quarterback uh, inactive. Uh, Dylan Cook back to the inactive list with a couple of the offensive linemen back. Uh, Braden Fajoko back on the inactive list with DeMarvin Leal uh, healthy. And who am I missing? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to see who the other one was. Those were the three that I had in mind. And Darius Rush, the oh, newly yeah. signed corner. Yeah, and that was kind of to be expected with him mm-hmm. being a newcomer and them are them having eleven defensive backs on the fifty-three and knowing that one of them had to be uh probably inactive there. So uh a uh, little bit of a change. Uh Igwebukwe, uh the running back was uh, uh active for the first time since he's joined the team, and that was a byproduct of the team parting ways with both Desmond King and Gunnar Olszewski. And that allowed him to be uh, the kickoff returner. And he had one short run back, and that was, um, you know, what what he contributed in this game. All right, Dave, let's get to the game itself again. 24-17 victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Los Angeles Rams offense, defense. Where do you want to start here, Dave? Yeah, let's start on the offensive side of the football. 
Okay. Yeah. Again, it, it it was typical Steelers where the first three quarters were lackluster, three points at halftime, kind of slogging your way through. And then, you know, it, it whenever the Steelers play this home game against Jacksonville, can they just put on the Acrisure Stadium scoreboard just four in the quarter column for the entire game? Because that's when Pittsburgh really comes alive. And it's almost, you know, comical and expected at, at this point. But it was great fourth quarter play, 14 points there. The run game was better, Dave. Getting Deontay Johnson back, of course, a big boost. Helps open up George Pickens. But I think the big factor here was the situation of football. Not on third down. They were terrible. But in red zone, to be 3-3 three three in the red zone, that's more red zone touchdowns in this game than they had the entire season entering this game. I don't know exactly how many plays in the red zone they ran, but it probably came close to equaling what they'd done their first uh, five games, which was 21 plays in total inside the red zone. And so to be 3-3 three three in the red zone, three rushing touchdowns when you had zero coming into the season, a franchise uh, record for, you know, longest drought to begin a season, five straight games. That was the difference in this contest. Yeah, certainly was paramount, especially when you consider that, uh, what, uh, what were they at halftime on third downs? Over, weren't they over five? Weren't they? Uh, it was, wasn't good. Whatever it was, it was a abysmal number. Yeah. And they, uh, uh, they had a couple, I think, three and outs there uh, in 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 that first half, and then one of the the final possession, obviously, the first half was was just, I think, a one play kneel down there. Uh, they were four of twelve on third down uh, for the game, but they they got them when they 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 converted when they mattered. Uh, I think uh, two or three of them, maybe maybe even all four of them came. Now I think one maybe came in the third quarter. Two or three of them obviously came in 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 the fourth quarter. One was at third and three, and the other was a third and what was it, eight or nine? Uh, uh, to one was to to Pickens, I think, and one was to to Deontay. They're very key conversions in this game. But uh, uh, you know, as far as running the football goes, there were. There were times early on when you were thinking, okay, yeah, all right. Uh, you know, especially, and I wrote my five keys ahead of the game and, and put it out on Twitter that, you know, I thought that, you know, uh, to the left tackle and around left end was where they should kind of concentrate uh, these runs because the Rams haven't been great against them. We have seen the Steelers had have some moderate success, I think, against the Ravens uh, the week before uh, going uh, to the left side on some of those tosses. And, and they were hitting a couple of those early uh, in this game. Now, in totality, I think they had six non-quarter, you know, j just six runs to either left tackle or left guard uh, in this game. And I think they gained something like 38 or 36 yards or something like that. But uh, I think one of those may have been the uh, <clears throat> the touchdown run uh, by Jalen Warren. Uh, it, it just felt if they kept hammering that left side, that some good things uh, uh, would happen. But uh, uh, I mean, look, you, your two running backs, uh, combined along with uh, one of the end arounds for uh, for for Calvin Austin, uh, 21 runs for 86 yards. You know, not not monumental uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but as far as just looking at it, uh, it looked better. Alex, we saw some guards and tackles on the move. Uh, yes, uh, in this game. Uh, we saw linemen able to get out to uh, the second level. Uh, Daniels, uh, Moore, Sayamalu on the touchdown. Say, right? Sayamalu on the touchdown. Uh, 
once again, if you look at this statistically, you know, when it comes to the running game, not great, but uh, visually it looked better uh, top to bottom, I think, in the running game. If you do the Steelers math based on where they've been with the run game, it looks pretty good. Even if you're maybe the Eagles or some other running team, it might not look as strong. But you're right. Those are things we haven't seen. You know, guards, as you said, get to the second level, uh, more pulling action and, and not just the, the wham crunch blocks, which Pittsburgh has been using, but, at, you know, traditional power football, pull the backside guard, dart scheme, pull the backside tackle, things like that. And so that was an improvement. Overall, no question about that. You're right. And that was a great call by you. This team ran to the left more. It also seemed like their game plan was to run away from Aaron Donald, which is always a good strategy. And Najee Harris very colorfully said that after the game, we're trying to run away from that uh, mother. You can fill in the blank there. So uh, that was their plan. And and that's what Pittsburgh did. And and again, the run game, not fantastic, but there was, they weren't, I mean, early on, they were behind the chains, but but later in the game, you know, the run game was able to produce enough, and I thought Pittsburgh did a better job at the point of attack. I thought even Mason Cole, just on first watch, had a better game, and so just across the board, the line generated some movement. They certainly did, and Aaron Donald, uh, man, they sure, sure seemed like they showed him on the sideline quite a bit, didn't it? Uh, uh, how many snaps did he end up playing in this game? seemed like every time the camera would get on him, he was on the sideline there and he only had four, he had four assisted tackles and I think a, a, a pressure or two, but overall they, they, they did a real good job of, uh, of handling him. Cause one, one of my keys was, uh, duck Donald, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you, you just, you, know, you we know what a, what a game record he played 86% of the snaps, 51, uh, total 51 of 59 snaps. It just seemed like every time some, you know, the, the, the Fox cameras would put a camera on him. He was over on the sideline, uh, getting a breather. So yeah, that was key running away from him as often, uh, as you can and just not letting him be a, uh, uh, a game wrecker overall. And, you know, I think as, as you stated, Najee Harris put it, you know, pretty blunt that, uh, you know, they, they wanted to kind of avoid him at all costs, especially in the running game. And can I just make the broader point, and my terrible take is on this today, I might write about it. I mentioned this earlier in the week when I did my list of the couple of things Pittsburgh's offense does well. I, I think what they don't get credit for, Dave, is that they can they scheme away and game plan away some of these top defensive players, especially the pass rushers. Not that Donald or Garrett or those guys become invisible, but they don't become the headline of the game. They don't write the story the way that TJ Watt seems to write the story every single week about making an impact play that changes the game. I mean, they faced Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, and Aaron Donald in four of their first six games combined. Those guys had six quarterback hits in one sack. That was it. You, you take those numbers. And so, again, Donald made some plays. He got a pressure. He beat, say, Malu, the one rep that I believe led to a Kenny Pickett sack by another Rams player. But those guys don't write the headlines. I think Pittsburgh does a really good job of being able to game plan and scheme around those guys because I think the first thing you have to talk about when you play any team is who are their stars and how do we minimize their stars? And they can minimize the impact of these top dudes. That's a big reason for their success. Yeah, good point. Good point. And uh, once again, you know, they didn't have really one single guy. I mean, you had the, uh, the, 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 the oversized edge, uh, who's a Hoyt, uh, Hoyt, uh, mm -hmm. uh, that, that kind of impact. One thing that they're going to have to work on obviously is, is, and I think, uh, Pam Oliver reported at halftime, uh, 
uh, after talking to Mike Tomlin that they saw some pressure things that they weren't uh, uh, expecting uh, from from the Rams and that, you know, they were going to have to clean that up and adjust in the second half and Hoyt uh, ha- had an impact, obviously. Uh, but uh, within that, uh, you know, one thing that stuck out is they've, they've got to do a better job of identifying uh, some of these uh you know, blitz packages, if you will, or, or extra man uh, situations and do a better job. Pick One of those probably should have been a hot, right? Deontay Johnson mm-hmm. just goes streaking down uh, when, when the corner was coming off. And I think they had set two extra guys uh, on, on, on that particular uh, pass rush on, on that one there. So uh, they, they've got to clean some of those uh, who's going to do what on, you know, pressure situations. Sure. I think the last two years with Pickett, this team has struggled getting the ball out hot against some of these overload blitzes. They ran that safety blitz twice. And the first time I think Pickett uh, got hit and, and got the ball away. The second time he got sacked and Pittsburgh may have adjusted better later in the, in the game on that second rep. Pickett may have had Hayward on the crosser over the middle. It's kind of a, a quick outlet. I'll have to watch the all 22 on that. But I think Pittsburgh needs some some better options um, for some of these pressure packages that are becoming really popular in the NFL. But again, Things that, you know, were, were negative moments, but not writing the headline of the game. Right. I don't know what happened on that first Michael Hoyt uh, sack. I mean, it was Connors, him and uh, Chukomo Okorafor had some sort of miscommunication mm-hmm. there or something. I don't know if they uh, thought Connor was supposed to stay in on that and, or, or, or chip better, maybe. Maybe. Uh, within that, but, uh, uh, that, that stuck out, obviously the, 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 uh, the heavy pressure situations, uh, or in the first half of this game. Yeah. You can't have Jalen Warren blocking the 300 pound, you know, left that side linebacker. So I don't know exactly what happened there. We'll try to take a look at it, but things got cleaned up in the second half. I think those issues seem to be minimized and go away in the third and fourth quarter. They did. They did. They did a lot better job of handling that stuff in uh, in, in in the second half. And I, I thought, uh, uh, look, uh, Kenny Pickett. You know, we'll we'll talk. I mean, we talk a lot about how he played in the fourth quarter. I I thought overall, uh, even in the first three quarters, he played all right. You know, uh, outside mm-hmm. of maybe identifying uh, some of this stuff. I tell you, one one of the interesting throws. I can't wait to uh, go back and look at uh, once the all twenty two gets. Uh, 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 hits is that pass that, uh, to, to George Pickens, that was actually an under center play action pass. They can do and, that. Yeah, they can do It's legal. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's legal. And I don't know. It, it feels like he, he, uh, look, George didn't help himself. Look like George felt that, uh, uh, made it, made a bit of a decision there and short arm that thing. But mm-hmm. I want, I wonder if that ball, uh, maybe Kenny was just so pr- surprised to have such a clean pocket. Hey, this is what play action's like. And, <laughs> and I turn around, there's nobody in, in my face there. I do wonder if maybe he could have uh, unloaded that one a little bit quicker there. Yeah, I'll have to see. I mean, I, kn- I know what Pickens was doing. He was trying to avoid the shot, and he knows that he has such great hands that he can. he's a guy that could try to make that kind of crazy falling away play, just didn't in that moment. So we'll have to go back and and see it but obviously overall the connection pick it to pickens was strong you're getting more 1v1 looks the back shoulder game's been working really strong the past two games against baltimore against los angeles johnson's return certainly helps but anytime i mean literally anytime the picket gets pickens 1v1 you get single high safety rotates somewhere else 
it's going to be either the, the, the vertical, you know, true go ball to Pickens or the back shoulder fade, depending on leverage and, you know, how Pickens route is looking in, in relationship with the cornerback. So uh, that has become a money play. And good luck stopping the back shoulder fade mm-hmm. of George Pickens because it is dang near impossible. Especially if you put that ball where it needs to go, you know, mm-hmm. uh, within that he's, I mean, is that the best back, sh- one, the best back shoulder connection right now in the NFL? I know it's hard to say without, you know, go, going sure. through all of it, but it sure seems like it's three or four of those uh, a, 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 a game, and uh, even the one to Deontay Johnson. I mean, it, uh, it it the ball had the ball been placed better, I have no doubt that that one probably would have been uh, uh, connected on with with Deontay Johnson. But instead, it ended up being a, a, a you know pass interference uh, call, ticky tack, but uh, uh, it drew the flag. Uh, Nonetheless, there, but uh, yeah, and look, uh, the uh, uh, the early shot to uh, to Pickens down the right side, a little bit better ball placement on that one. Pickens probably probably comes down with that one down on the side, mm-hmm. just a bit too far outside where Pickens couldn't stay in bounds there. But that would the, the back shoulder something was some was an element missing from the first four weeks of the season because Johnson was hurt because defenses were rolling. The safety's over and, and cornerbacks are playing underneath that. I mean, did, they didn't complete one back shoulder throw. I don't think the first month to George Pickens and barely attempted one. But the last two weeks, been able to open things up more, work on that more. And that's a huge element of Pickens game and a huge element of Pickett's game. And wasn't there some sort of stat on like zero contested catches or something for Pickens through the first, what was it, four games? Or He was uh, 0 of 8. Although, again, I, I don't think any of those were actual back shoulder plays, but right. you're right. I mean, he's now winning contested. He's winning. He's he's been able to evolve and expand his game, which has been critical. But his bread and butter, his fastball is still sideline, go ball and back shoulder. Uh, we saw a couple of slants in this game. Those are evidently legal. Uh, <laughs> we saw, boy, Deontay. Deontay looked healthy, didn't he? Uh, uh, the pivot route that he ran on on the on the big gainer, uh, the out route on the right side where he got the uh, was that Kobe Durant I think on that one that got him to open the gate to the inside and then cut outside. It was a good four yard separation uh, on that, and just his overall presence really. Uh, as, as Mike Tomlin said after the game, you know they weren't able to do some things that other teams have been doing uh, with, with with George Pickens. So his presence alone uh, helped in this one, along with uh, he made a couple of plays in this game as well too. And then uh, you get you know into the third quarter, a couple of those three, a uh, couple of those third down uh, uh, conversions there, one one to Deontay and one to uh, George Pickens were really uh, monumental plays in this game. Yeah, Deontay looked really strong, looked like typical Deontay post-catch route running. Um, you know, looked like he hadn't missed a month. And so that was really valuable, productive day overall, five or 79. I was hoping that one, that Yak play was going to be a touchdown. I felt like it was a chance maybe there, but, you know, the, the DB had the angle. I'm not blaming Deontay for that, but a good game overall. Should we pivot, though, Dave, and talk about the penalties from the receivers? Three of them, Pickens, the sure. illegal blindside block, and then a pair of uh, taunting calls, one on Pickens, one on Johnson. Pickens speaking after the game, talking about how, you know, the Rams are trying to antagonize him, get under his skin. He says they did not get under his skin. I think they did a little bit based on what transpired. You know, some of that stuff can feel ticky tack Johnson just with the the hush to former Steeler Keller Witherspoon. But 
Listen, they cracked down on taunting. What was that like two years ago? I mean, they have a very strict policy against that. You do anything in the face of the opponent, you're going to get flagged for it. You got to know the rules, got to know the situation and not do those things that harm your team. People aren't going to like to hear me say it, but I think all three penalties, even the blind side block was justifiable. Uh, 100%. They, need, they need to break out. Uh, he, he, uh, Pickens and look, phys, uh, uh, Pickens is a physical guy, uh, not afraid to sit anybody down and all like that. But, uh, Danny Smith might need to teach him the airplane block there <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, you can disagree with it. You can hate the rule. You can hate the direction the NFL is going and call them soft, all those things. That's fine. That's your prerogative. But that's the rule. Everybody knows it. So you can't do that kind of stuff. That's just you have to know that going in. And it's not the official's job to know that those two were clowning on each other because they're former teammates. Uh, uh, Talking about uh, Deontay and and, and Akello. I, I. Deont- Deontay probably feels, look, it, it, it wasn't, it, it, that's my boy. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. you know, he's on the team. I just haven't, I was, I was just, uh, uh, clowning on him a little bit, but it's not the official's job to say, Oh, those two played, played, played with each other last year. You know, and even if it was that you, you don't get the, that's not a carve out in the rule where if you guys were friends right. and teammates that you can, you know, do that kind of stuff. I, I know it's minor. I know it's small, but this is the rule. You you get in somebody's face and you know you know do the the hush sign. You're gonna get called for that. I mean, what was it? That Bears player that got called for taunting, just kind of staring at the Steelers sideline like two years ago. I mean, that, you know. Oh, that, that, that was their their former player. Yeah, uh, who was it? the linebacker? Uh, Not Tuska. Who was it that got cut? No, I'm, uh, I'm sending us down a rabbit hole here already. The, the, the Pokemon guy, right? Was that Tuska? No, the other. No. Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank too on that. I was thinking about who that was. Oh, uh, Cassius Marsh. Right. And Cassius Marsh. Yeah. So, I mean, they call that kind of stuff and that just, you know, they're very, they're not going to give you any leeway with that kind of stuff. So you just got to know the situation. I tell you, if they end up losing that game, that's going to, that would be a talking point, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a talking point afterward. Mike Tomlin addressed it after the game and, uh, they, they just gotta be smart. I know the emotion and, 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 and all like that. And, you just got, you got to be, how, how many, uh, how many of those kind of penalties has George had already this season? Yeah, I'd have to think, I think there was what one other instance at least. I mean, I'm not, you know, super concerned long-term about it. Hopefully these guys will get these things cleaned up, but it's just a, a teach moment for Pickens and, and for Deontay. It's not a problem until it becomes a problem, right? Sure. Sure. But anyway, I mean, overall, you know, on the field or, you know, between the whistles, uh, those guys I thought were were really strong and, you know, it's just good to have two solid outside receivers that's going to help out really every aspect of your game. Probably helps the, the run game a bit, too, because those safeties can't stack the box so confidently because if they do, they're going to play cover one, cover three. That's when you know Pittsburgh can take their vertical shots with picking. So I think it kind of changes the structure of how defenses play you as well, and that helps the run game. Let's see. Uh, Pickens now has five penalties on the season, two unnecessary roughness, one taunting, one illegal blindside and one illegal shift. And he's okay. sec- second on the team behind uh, Chiquamo core four. Yeah, not where you want to be overall, but we'll we'll watch it going forward. How about one one catch, literally one catch for Allen Robinson? That was a huge play. That third down play that set up the fourth and one sneak for Pickett. That's a great throw by Pickett, but a great grab by Robinson, contested over the middle, taking a shot to get you in that situation where you can go for it on fourth and inches. That's Robinson's job. You know, just one catch on the day, not flashy, not vertical the way the Pickens and Johnson got. But man, that was a clutch play. 
It really was. And as you stated, if he doesn't make that catch, uh, you there's no way you're going to go for it in that situation. And you punt the ball back to the Rams with uh, more than two minutes left in the game. So uh, really was a, a, another play that you circle uh, within there. Uh, pick it on that uh, one to, uh, to, to Deontay back to the, back to the middle of the field. That was a clutch throw uh, as well, too. Once again, I, I think uh, all, all the talk and deservedly so will be about, you know, fourth quarter Kenny and, 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 and all like that. Uh, I, I thought top, top to bottom, it was, it was a lot better representation for him, especially he got pounded a couple of times early. I was kind of wondering after, after that first drilling, if he, <laughs> if he's just going to make it, you know, uh, make it to the next series there. But I, I, I think he obviously got more comfortable as he, look, it's, it's, it it, it it wasn't a banner first three quarters overall, but it, to me, just the the visual and the and the TV tape alone, I, I I thought it was probably his most complete game of his career, probably. Of his whole career, okay. I mean, the, the issue is just obviously the lack of production through, mm-hmm. through the first three quarters and really the first half, and and that's not all on him, obviously. But you know, there is an element too. Eventually, you got to you know, put these points on the board and not play, play from behind so often and just kind of be the super slow starting type of team. So, I mean, I, I think the play was certainly better, but at some point the production has to start matching that too and, re- and reflecting that. that improvement. Yeah. You don't want to leave it to the fourth quarter. And he was, he was great in the fourth quarter. Once again, it was oh, like yeah. seven for seven for what was a hundred, I don't know, 138, 138 and, and, and all like that. So, uh, uh, when it counted, he was there again. Sure. And then again, the three rushing scores, one by Pickett, one by Harris, one by Warren, you know, short yardage that was Pickett with a sneak, Harris from a couple of yards out, Warren from 13. So really good job to, to be able to run the ball. I thought this was their best, just watching it live, their best rushing performance of the season, which was a low bar, but I think it was their best performance. What was the negative play situation in this one? Uh, good question. Uh, didn't feel, you know, we, we had highlighted in that Ravens game about those backside defense. Didn't seem, were there any of those? Any, what do you mean? You know, how we were looking at, uh, man, some of these, the schematics of these things just as a whole looked like they were going to fail at the start against the Ravens. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to have to check the L22, but no, nothing. You know, and and while you look that up, if you're looking that up, I thought Matt Canada called a, a solid game overall. Uh, I thought some of the play calls in the fourth quarter, red zone type stuff, was creative. And granted, Pittsburgh again has not had many opportunities to show their you know red zone playbook and and their their calls down there. But there was that one little you know great boot that Pickett had, to Connor Hayward, that got them in range, even the touchdown. Uh, you kind of get some window dressing with Hayward, I believe, jetting across and Harris running to the left for for his score. So. Again, got to watch L22, but I thought it was a, a solidly called game by Matt Canada. I agree. Um, looking at the negative plays now, you had the two sacks, uh, obviously, are negative. You had one uh, one run for a negative five. That was the uh, Najee to right tackle. that in- Bounced it. Shouldn't have. Right. Uh, but you had the Connor Hayward hold in that anyway. Probably because uh, he bounced it, probably, and doesn't realize he's going to bounce yeah, it. But, but yeah, uh, point taken. But that was early. You had another Najee right tackle for two yards, and you had a uh, also had a hold by a core four uh, on that one. 
Let's see what else do we have here. You had a Najee Harris up the middle for no gain in the it was later in the game. And then you also had a Najee Harris left guard for 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 no gain. So I don't think uh, other than I mean first and foremost Warren had a reception for a, a loss on one of those passes to the flat that Pickett may may not have been able to shouldn't have thrown, I should say, right. but there was that. I can try to look up some of the, the negative plays here um, just to compare it, but it, it did feel reduced. Right. I'm, I think I'm showing seven negative plays in total here. Okay. So, but that's including the penalties too. Right. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I um, have to see exactly how that compares, but it did feel maybe a bit better. I mean, it didn't feel like they were, I mean, they played from behind the sticks early, but again, second half, I'll have to check some of the numbers. It felt they were in range more often. Just in general, everything did feel, once again, cleaned up to a degree. Uh, you don't want to see the holds, obviously, and and you don't like the couple of sacks and the way they handled some of those uh, uh, heavy pressure situations there. But uh, the the eye test, if you will, it, it 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 the offense felt better. Right, right. So um, overall, seeing that improvement, the O line just again go back to them. I thought Dan Moore. Just again, first watch seemed to play well. Granted, the Rams don't have any mega edge threats the way that the other teams and other guys he's faced have. But I just thought across the board, the line run blocking pass protection was was improved. Yeah, I thought so as well, too. Going to be interesting. I, I I think Sam Malo had a pretty good game overall. I thought Cole represent probably might have been may have been Cole's best game of the year. Uh, Daniels looked healthy. Uh, Dan Moore, yeah. Look, I mean, across the board, that that had to be their best offensive line performance. I think. I mean, you know, once again, we we saw guys getting to the second level, uh, kind of hold, you know, uh, dropping anchor a lot better in pass protection. Uh, we saw guys on the move. Man, more of that, man. Keep getting, mm-hmm. keep those guys uh, on on the move like that. For sure, for sure. I'm just trying to look at some of these negative numbers here, and I'm gonna have to probably look at them after. Uh, but it looks like they had, is that right? I'm gonna have to look at this afterwards, but, but we'll, we'll try to check that for, for Wednesday's show. All right. All right. Anything else here on the offense, Dave, you want to mention Kevin Austin's role, obviously reduced with Deontay coming back as we expected tight ends, not super involved on a Washington, no targets, the blocking. I think Jonathan high trader said he was impressed just first watch of, of the blocking. We'll have to, to again, check that on the all 22. Saw more Rodney Williams in this game. Mm-hmm. He played uh, how many snaps for Rodney? He probably played, I don't know, 15 or so snaps in this one. If I had to guess. Uh, let's see exactly how many it was. Alex. Uh, it was Rodney Williams had 11 snaps in this game. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, and some of that's because we're Connor Hayward can't do some of the, you know, Williams is not a, a great blocker, but there's a bit more size there. So you can at least get him, you know, in line a bit more than you can with Connor Hayward. Did I think have one target down the seam on kind of a, a messy play, but yeah, that, uh, yeah, that I mean, probably should have been picked, got away with one there, but. Sure. You need you need you need some of those breaks sometimes in games. And the key the the key stat is here is it it wasn't picked and they didn't they didn't turn the football over in this game, right? And, uh for if you're gonna be in a rock throwing games like this, you better not uh uh, uh turn the football over here. And sure. let's see, Kevin Austin had seven snaps in this game. Mm. Washington had thirty one, which was fifty-three percent. Uh, of the snaps, uh, Allen Robinson, 38 snaps in this game. Oh, wow. So greatly uh, outsnapped Calvin. 
Yeah, Deontay Johnson just thirty nine snaps in this one. Felt okay. felt, felt like more, but uh, uh, and then Connor Hayward had fifty one snaps in this game. Oh wow, that's more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, with Deontay, probably just a, a conditioning thing, making sure he's not not too much on his plate there. So imagine that percentage will increase for the Jacks game. Right. Some of these instances, though, you're asking for it, putting Connor on some of these bigger guys. It's not his fault <laughs> sure. uh, in, 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 in some of them there. But uh, anyway, uh, just a, a, a more positive feel, obviously, coming out about this offense coming out of this game. Right. But still work to be done. But there is some progress in, and you take that overall. All right, Dave, flipping over to the defense here. Where do you want to start? You know, kind of same story. I thought there was some splash. They were a hot and cold type of group. Run defense, not where it needs to be, but made enough plays. And again, I think fourth quarter, this team shut things down. Man, uh, it, I, you know, I thought that they definitely had, I, I think I think you pick your poison here when it came to Cooper Cup and, and Puka. Uh, and I thought, man, there's no way you got to make them beat you with Puka was, was my thought heading into this one. And they damn sure about did it. Cause Puka mm-hmm. had a, had a great game, uh, overall, they had no answer, uh, for the, for the underneath crossers when it came to him, uh, none, it didn't feel like, uh, uh, Cooper cup helped them out early with two uncharacteristic drops by him. I wonder how much that kind of, I mean, he did make a couple of catches. Uh, did he even have a catch after those first two in the first half? I mean, he only had two catches in the game, didn't he? It's a great question. Yeah. So the last two times they faced Cooper cup, he's been held to two receptions. He was shut out in 2019 and then two in this game, granted, as you said, some drops in there, but that's a good question. I don't think he got involved late. I, I don't think so uh, as well. Uh, he did have the two-point conversion, though. Right. Okay. Did have the two-point conversion. That's correct there. But uh, let's see. Uh, for players not named uh, Puka Nakua, uh, their eligibles had three, six receptions for like, what was it? 50, 60, 70, 77 yards. Yeah. And the one was the Atwell touchdown. Right. You know, they kind of. Blew that one. I mean, where extended, do you assign extended play? Uh, trying to look back and find the football. Levi, once it got extended so long, I uh, I think the the tape shows it. He was trying to look back and try to find out what was going on behind him, and when he did, he lost Atwell. And then the ball, mm-hmm. you know, it's just Atwell got to the ball before anybody else. Yeah, I know that's extended play, but. I mean, Atwell is just standing all by himself and he's the smallest dude on the field. All I mean, he's winning this, you know, jump ball situation. If you're just contesting that, you're probably going to break that one up because you're going to have the size, the length advantage. So it looked like Wallace, a kind of lost Atwell and then kind of got caught up in, I think that was Cop and Peterson or whoever the other DB receivers were and tried to work over them and just totally lost the football. So I know it's extended play, but I mean, that is just. That is really bad plaster defense. Yeah, I think where he hurt himself was looking back there. He probably mm-hmm. thought, man, so hey, what what has happened behind me at, at at this point in the moment that he did that? He 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 lost two two. Right, right. But to go back to Nakua, yeah, I mean, great game for him. I mean, he also made some unreal catches. That one on that you know sideline that got challenged by Tomlin with the the toe or whatever it was being down. I mean, that's just one of the best catches you're going to see all season. But I think the I Lack saw is- football zebras uh, talk about that on Twitter. Uh, 
does the heel, does the heel have to come down? He seems to insinuate, I think, that the that that in in that particular situation, that it's not just the toe that is it needs to be a continuation of it uh, in 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 that situation. Okay, I'm not well versed enough on that. To me, the toe being down. I mean, how many how many toe drags did AB do? You know, and the heel never right. came down. So maybe I'm. But he was not... working the other way, though. You know, I I don't know what that. Uh, let's see if I can find that uh, on on him here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find. I think that's in his live blog. I saw something about it with the with the heel and all like that, but. Uh, Anyway, it's one of those things. I I, I was look. Uh, uh, once they showed that that first angle, I thought, oh, he's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was in. I thought to me, and maybe I'm ignorant of the rules. I thought that was a catch. I mean, the one foot is in, the, the other toe is in. That to me, that's a catch. Okay. But may, I mean, maybe I can you know be convinced to, to be wrong on that. Obviously, they they reviewed it and. I came to that conclusion, so I don't don't know if I ever heard an exact explanation for it, but I, I thought either way, you know, it's a great play by by Nakua. Right. It, uh, look, that guy's going to be around the NFL for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just thought the lack of speed at corner on the outside between Wallace and Peterson was so evident on those crossing plays in particular. And listen, I get it. Like giving up the cash on the crosser is going to happen to most corners. You're out leverage. You're trying to to rally trying to break that one up is going to be tough to do on, on a well-thrown ball with a lot of free space, but you can't allow the yak. The yak in this game was a killer, uh, both from Peterson and from Wallace Porter missing a couple of tackles. Uh, that stuff's where you got to shut it down. And Peterson just does not have the legs. does not have the speed. Wallace, you know, does not have much more than Peterson. And that, that's a big glaring issue for this team. A lot of hidden yardage there when it came. Well, not not so much hidden yardage because Yak is pretty easy to uh, to see overall. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's what uh, Football Zebras wrote. Mike Tomlin wasted no time in throwing the challenge flag on the Stafford pass to Nakua. The Rams rushed to the line in an attempt to remove the opportunity to challenge the play. Tomlin decided to pull the trigger as there was enough smoke to bring the call into question. He writes, uh, the key here is not if the receiver got his foot in bounds, but did the motion of the toe and then heel land out of bounds? He writes, sometimes replay can get too focused on the toe and forget to carry the process through to completion. If the foot is coming to the ground, it's not just what hits the ground first, but also if the full foot remains in bounds. You didn't hear that alert, did you? No, I did not. Okay, good. Uh, full full foot remains in bounds. TV doesn't always understand this subtle but important aspect and will often freeze frame on the initial contact and net not let the play run to conclusion. Replay won't make that same mistake as, re- as they uh, review the play from the same video but under their control. Well, he writes that, and it got reviewed anyway, and it still stood. Right. Yeah, I mean, the refs, I'm sure, aware of whatever that that caveat is and they 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 played that whole clip through even on the tv i mm-hmm. think at least once or twice just to show the rest of the play so again i i'm not an expert in that kind of stuff i i respect football zebras um i just know that was the call that they made and to me that was the, the correct call i know i only bring that up because i know there was a lot of talk about it at, yeah. at the time obviously a reviewed call and 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 that sort of thing right right but anyway just overall a lot of 
a lot of yak in this game, uh, especially from Nakua. Um, you saw you saw Porter though play a lot, and I have to go through my charting, but he was playing on a, on a pretty regular basis. Basically, what I laid out, you know, in base. Not that Pittsburgh was in base much in this game, but you know, Porter was not playing, but he was getting the vast majority of the nickel reps, and there was a pretty heavy rotation. They were trying to work all those guys on the field, whether it was you know Porter, Peterson, Wallace, Sullivan. Um, and it's tough to do against the Rams because they're always an 11 personnel. Right. And so you're trying to like, how do you get all your guys on the field and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I don't know exactly the rhyme or reason. I'll have to go through the rest of my charting uh, later today. But uh, Porter playing easily his most snaps of the season. Absolutely. 53 of 68 uh, defensive snaps. 78% for him in this game. And, and I'm good with that. He technically might not be starting, but I think that that's just fine for Porter. Right. Uh, now the disappointment is, is you know, what happens if you come, <laughs> if he, if he goes backwards now, fans aren't going to like it, but that's probably going to be his role, uh, mm-hmm. move, 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 moving forward there. And look, a couple of, uh, key breakups in this game, one late on the, on what the third down, uh, one, one early in, 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 in the game, uh, the, the biggest thing I think the point to him was the, the, the couple of the missed tackles there. Uh, the one, was it, uh. Was it Higby or Nakua that that ducked down real low on that one? It looked like Porter had good form and all like that. He just wasn't low man and just couldn't finish it up. That was on Nakua, I believe, okay. yeah, where he where he missed the the tackle there. So uh, let me try to see how much yak did they have in this game. If I can pull that up here briefly, the Rams did. Um, where can I find that number? It looks like ninety nine yards of yak in this contest against Pittsburgh. So. Uh, not a number you want to allow as a as a defense. And how many total yards receiving did they have in this game? Uh, I'm trying to see that two. Two thirty one. Uh, on Stafford looks like yeah two thirty one. So how much? What is that percentage? Ninety nine two thirty one. So well, look, 43%. look 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 at the four. Uh, uh, take take the receptions and divide that by. Uh, take the ninety something yards and divide it by fourteen. 99 divided by 14 right. that is uh just over seven that's right. well yeah that's high that obviously way too high you you want that four or less easily mm-hmm. right so you know how do you how do you solve that you know cornerback's going to be a top need for next year how do you handle it in season again porter's going to see his role expand uh should note and i don't know if this was injury or if they just benched wallace but james pierre picked up mm-hmm. a couple snaps late in this game at right corner without wallace on the field so we'll monitor that going forward the Steelers lost the tox stat turnovers and takeaways by minus two in this game. And, and yet they won. And they won. You don't see minus two in talks too often in a victory. No, not very often. You probably see it a little bit more than you used to, but you know, as, uh, as the numbers state in this long running stat, stat that if you're, if a team is plus two in any one game, uh, it's 80% or better win ratio. Except when you play the Pittsburgh Steelers, because all the all the stats don't matter, man. It's just they, that's the the resiliency of this bunch. But uh, run they, de- run defense, man. I mean, the, the Rams had a couple of backup running backs in there, and you you for, for, it it seemed like they were getting seven yards a run for a running back or getting stuffed. <laughs> yeah. it, it seemed like it was feast or famine uh, uh, with. Uh, with within that they still got to clean up some of those fills and 
Yeah, I'm not sure. It's going to be interesting to see the end zone uh, view on all this. I'm not so sure if some of that went on the linebackers in this game it, uh, with, with, with some of these uh, fills overall. Uh, now, there obviously were a couple instances where the defensive linemen were, were, were getting, but but uh, my, my, my main takeaway is I'm not so sure a lot of that was defensive linemen related. I'll have to see. I mean, again, because the Rams are such a, a heavy 11 personnel team, I think they were only out of 11 for maybe five snaps in this game. They went 12. That puts you in your nickel defense a lot. And so you're trying to play the run with, with smaller people. I know the Rams have, you know, they don't have their tight ends out there either, but they got some big body blockers and cop and, and Nakua. So that helps them in Pittsburgh, you know, just as not. Um, you know, able to stop the run as well without a great you know, nickel corner that can that can stuff the run like a Mike Hilton. So that's a challenge in this game. But still, you know, too much, too much penetration, not enough penetration. Uh, you know, D line got moved too much. I thought overall, you're right. The linebackers probably contributed as well. We'll have to check the tape. But either way, the the Rams made too much hay on the ground. Mika Fitzpatrick led the team. We keep saying that Mika Fitzpatrick can't continue to uh, lead this team in tackles, yet he continues to – what's he on pace for now? 147, which would oh. be Steelers' single-season record since uh, tackles were reliably tracked in 1987. The current record's James Ferrier in 2003 with 141. If Fitzpatrick ends the year with 147, it'll be the third most tackles by a DB since 2001 across the entire NFL. So uh, that is, yeah, I mean, he's he's a great tackler. Unfortunately, we get to see it too often for my liking. Let me tell you, and it's not like, you know, he might not not be the biggest fan of having to continue to do this, but he sure does come screaming down in the box. I mean, he's great at it. The, the third and five stop early in the game. They tried to run, I think, on Pittsburgh's time personnel. Didn't work. Um, you know, a couple of those were, yeah, he's filling the alley extremely well. So, again, seeing it too often, but I, I've said this for years. I think his tackling is an underrated part of his game. Yeah, the interceptions are not there, but he is saving so many big plays by, yeah. by his tackling ability. Yeah, just I, 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 w- I would like to go a couple of games about talking about him only having two or three tackles in, in, in a Steelers win. Right. And they were trying to play him in the box less because they're defending the pass and all the 11 personnel, but he was still having to come down and make plays and he was playing in the box in some of those key moments. So, I mean, you're happy he can do it, but you're right. This is not something that that can continue. Yeah. uh, Look, uh, still got it. I mean, they they won, but you got to tighten up against that run. Uh, they gave up seven explosive plays uh, in, 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 in this game as well, too. And that's probably two or three more than you'd like to see this team do it. And obviously Puka responsible for, for quite a few of those that, uh, that uh, extended play that we talked about to uh two, two for a touchdown was obviously one of them. Uh, they hit that out route to Cooper cup that I talked about mm-hmm. in, 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 in the podcast there. But uh, uh, look, they just, they did just enough on defense and especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, what what the Rams had the ball twice in the fourth quarter. Uh, yep. They ran eight plays for 25 net yards, had two first downs. And what was time of possession? It was minimal, obviously, but it was a couple minutes in, in the fourth quarter. Uh, looks like uh, 3-0. Wait a minute. No, it looks like 113 and... 152. 152. So that's call that. What is that? Uh, 303, right? 30, 303. I'll trust your math. So, yeah, three minutes of the fourth quarter time of possession, 
I mean, that is, again, Pittsburgh, I thought, played their best quarter of the entire season in the fourth quarter of this game. The Rams had the ball five times in total uh, in, 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 in the second half. And boy, the opening possession of that second half. Let's talk about that. Where exactly? Well, I'll, I'll, the, yeah, the, I'm sorry, the, TJ Watt. Yeah, I was looking yeah. at, at the other one with the, the touchdown there that came after that. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, you know, we're used to TJ Watt being just incredible. But even I was amazed and like super excited for what TJ Watt did on the interception. That is an incredible play, even by his lofty standards. I broke it down this morning for the site uh, at empty. The Rams are it's hostile juke running that option out over the middle to Cooper Cup, which they run a ton. It's all over their tape. I'm sure Watt recognized that. And to vacate his hook zone to come over to play that middle zone and pick that off. If you want to know how impressive that play is, just watch that play back and look at Matthew Stafford. It takes him about 10 seconds to realize Watt has picked that ball off. He has no idea. It's an inconceivable to him that Watt could make that kind of play. But then again, he's TJ Watt. Just move uh, move, move Watt to nickel. <laughs> He's your, he's your best pass rusher, your best DB. <laughs> Somebody made the joke that TJ Watt and, and Mika Fitzpatrick are the best middle linebackers on this Pittsburgh Steelers team, which made me laugh. Uh, he played that awesomely. Read the eye, talked about it after the game, just just read the whole thing as if he was a defensive back uh, uh, in this game. And it was... Uh, it was an incredible play overall for him to 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 read that and and break on the football in the hands, man. I mean, right. Soft hands. Maybe he does need to. Maybe he does need to play a little bit of tight. That's some tight end hands coming in. Right. Uh, uh, coming into play there. Nothing. He's, about, got, he's got a, a mangled finger, and he's still making right, that, that right, catch. Right. Uh, probably. And I'm willing to bet he wasn't on the jugs machine last week. Was, <laughs> uh, was he? Uh, nothing about that play not to like. Absolutely no. nothing. Again, that's not his own. It's not his responsibility. And to come over and make that play. And with a great catch, like you said, just a true receiver type tight end type of catch. I mean, it just, I can't get over how good that play was. I guess the only thing he didn't do, damn him, he didn't score. <laughs> but I like, I like, sat, who, who got sat down at the end over there? Was it Leal? Somebody got sat down. I think down. it was Leal. Yeah, he got knocked down. Yeah, but walk two hands on the football when he gets tackled. That That's a tight end instincts kicking in, protect the football. So uh, again, you know, not a lot of impact as a pass rusher, but can you impact the game in different ways? And Watt does that every single week. You know, and and you want you want to talk about key moment in the game, and yeah, it was first uh, first first play of the uh, the second half there, but uh, uh, technically that's back to back possessions, right? Yeah, the, the Steelers had the uh, received the kickoff and then had the kneel down there, but you might as well. Uh, uh, call that back-to-back possessions. And once again, they had ended the first half uh, mm-hmm. with a touchdown. And you're thinking, ah, this one's fixing to get away uh, from them here. And especially if the Rams are able to come down in this opening possession and A, kill time or get field position or God forbid, you know, score in, in, in some instance there. And then one play later, uh, you're, you're, you're breaking news. You're in the red zone, right? Yeah, it's a great point by you because the, the moment that Atwell touchdown happened, my my second thought after you know being upset about the touchdown being allowed is the Rams get the ball half and they double dip and really start to put some some separation in this game. And so for Watt to come out first play of the first half to pick that one off and totally change the complexion of that scenario and the game, it means so much in so many ways. And then the offense uh, gets a little bit of uh, confidence because they bury it. 
took him to third and goal in the quarterback sneak, but we'll take it any way that All you right. can take it. Uh, yeah. And, and so, you know, defense helping offense, that's been the the mantra all year, whether that's defensive touchdowns or giving the offense super short fields. But yeah, it was, it was critical in this one. I think you're, are you, is your charting done? How many times did TJ Watt switch sides and talk about Mike Tomlin and TJ Watt talking about why the, uh, what, played uh i want to say it was like three or four snaps watt spent on the right side how close was i yeah i have it written down i don't have it typed up yet to be able to filter that easily that that that's about right there it was roughly you know i'm looking at one i'll have to look at it for sure for for wednesday show but but three or four snaps sounds right so yeah they they never do this tj watts always left outside linebacker but they actually flipped him to his old spot his rookie year spot at right outside linebacker for about three or four snaps in Tomlin just saying after the game, he hated to see, you know, I forget the exact quote, but, he, you know, to see a team take take a guy like Watt away, he wanted to try to do something to to change that. I don't know how effective it was, but uh, it was interesting because it's not like teams, every team tries to take away TJ Watt. But I think whatever Tomlin saw in particular caused him to actually change up Watt's alignment uh, for the first time in forever. And one of those times they did it, uh, those two swapped right before the snap. Well, I think on the one, the tight end motioned across, and so then Watt and Herbig flipped to try to get away from the tight end. I know on the one, they flipped, or Watt was on the right side, and I heard Stafford can the call, and, and they checked to a run to Herbig's side. So I, I bet you that was one thing they were, the Rams were trying to adjust to. But yeah, I think some of that was just based off of the tight end uh, alignment and motion. Boy, they... Uh, they uh, Alaric Jackson over there at left tackle had his hands full, didn't he? Ooh. Yeah, he had a, a tough game and he got beat by Highsmith early. Nick Herbig, congratulations to him, his first NFL sack, and spoke about that after the game using the same move that Highsmith did earlier in the game to get a pressure that led to an open Joby sack. So, I mean, Herbig is such his football IQ is so insane. I mean, just that, the that get off that get off is something uh, uh, with him for sure, and he easily won, won that edge and, and 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 turned the corner. I think that you got and he only played. Uh, what was it? 13? How many snaps did he play in this game? He played 12 snaps in this game. And I, I'm, I, I promise you it sticks out in the TV tape, uh, two, two, two run defense plays that he was able to, uh, look to get off blocks pretty nicely on. And I think one, was he credited with a tackle on that? Forgot to look about uh, that. He's got a tackle for loss, three tackles overall. Right, right. He was, he, he, uh, my, my, what I'm trying to say is he, he showed up other than just that, uh, uh, that sack in, in those limited amount of, uh, and those, those other, those run defenses came with him on the left side. Okay. Yeah. That's for 12 snaps to have three tackles, a tackle for loss, a quarterback hit and a sack. It's a pretty good day at the office. I would say for 12 snaps. Yeah, and look, we we worried about him with that size aspect and all, but right now it it uh obviously not talking about a huge huge uh uh plate of snaps for him so far, but he's 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 doing what he's asked to do. Uh he's able to play on both sides and so far there has been uh no real size limitations and man, he's just you know, you mentioned the sponge aspect. Uh, he is probably not afraid to ask those two guys questions or golden for, 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 for that matter. 
Well, I mean, that was the story of the summer when Herbig was tearing it up in training camp. I mean, every day we, they would talk about whether it was Herbig being interviewed or, you know, Highsmith or Water Golden about, you know, Herbig always talking to those guys, picking their brains, watching their moves. Highsmith, I think he even took a move from Herbig and Herbig took a move from Highsmith and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, just a real, real worker, great attitude, great kid overall. I will say on the sack, the left tackle was on tape delay out of a stance, but but still, it was a great yeah. rep by Herbig and a great finish as well. Look, he's got a good get off. He he can win those, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, for 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 ones that are even, you know, where where a tackle doesn't get off properly. When the all twenty two drops, Dave, I know exactly where you're going to go on <laughs> no, the Keanu Benton on the Keanu Benton <laughs> swim move. I mean, that's going to be a gem this evening. All twenty two. Man, that that club uh, was it. A club was that what the move yeah, that he used? It looked okay. like a club to me. He he okay. he, he smacks. Uh, he uses that right club against uh, Dotson, and just once again the quick hips and all uh, uh, to get through and gets gets the hit on 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 Stafford on that play. Yeah, I mean, and he had multiple pressures. I'm looking at my my charting. I'm trying to see how many pressures I I put him down for. I got one. I'm not trying to flip too many papers here. Three. At least three, maybe one more, four. Yeah, I got him down for four pressures in this game. And I don't know how many snaps he had, not a ton in this game. I mean, so that's, you know, like her big, a lot of quality work and probably not a ton of snaps. How many did he did he get, Dave? He didn't start. Uh, Leal got the he nod didn't over him. play as many as you think he did. 19 snaps, just yeah. 28% overall. And look, he is he has earned more playing time uh, for sure for, for what he's been. I'll, I'll, I'll say that I'll, uh, I'll put him in the same classification. I mean, obviously, Herbig's not going to get on the field more barring injury and all, but uh, and, and maybe not Porter uh, either. Uh, but what he what what those three guys are being asked to do as defensive players, they are doing it. And they do it a little bit more, at least with Benton to play 19 snaps. Now the D line was a bit healthier, but you know, I hope when cam comes back, his snaps don't go go down to like 10 or something, you know, boy, it'd be nice to get cam back. Wouldn't it? Uh, oh, but, yeah. but, but, but I, I will say this too. Ogan Joby looked, uh, sure. fresh, fresh once again. And I don't know how Montra, you know, we only had the TV tape to go off of. And yeah, there was some run pushing around, uh, up front at times there, man, um, Mon- Montrevious is playing better than what I thought he played this year. He's his get off is really good, Alex, especially in, mm-hmm. in, 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 in pass rush situations. And I think we've said that a couple of times, uh, so far this season, is he a complete player? Is he an all pro? Is he, uh, you know, how many other teams would he start for across the league? I, I, I don't know, but, uh, at least in the TV tape, I, I found myself going, man, that, that was a good get off. You know, uh, there was a couple other times where I thought he, uh, 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 engaged in blocks and got off, and made a couple of tackles that way, as did, as did, uh, as did Benton. So, uh, they, if they can clean up that run, run defense, man. And once again, we'll have to see how much of that's related to gap filling by the linebackers and how much 11 personnel, uh, cause that. But, uh, man, if they could just get this, this, this this run game cleaned up and get more opportunities on second and third to get after people. They mugged the gaps quite a bit in this one, did they not? On With third the- down, yeah, they did, uh, which has become pretty common across the NFL. So I think Pittsburgh maybe leaned on that a bit more 
in this game. So that was an element. I, I don't what think was the blitz deep- rate. It felt like, and look, you had that stat from uh, ESPN ahead of this game of Matt, Matthew Stafford and his QBR and completion percentage when, 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 when under pressure, uh, it felt like they were sending uh, numbers quite a bit in this one. Yeah. I don't have the exact number yet. I'll have that for Wednesday, but it, it was a heavy blitz. I'm looking at my, a paper charting right now. I mean, yeah, they came out blitzing the inside backers, blitzed a ton in this game, some nickel pressure uh, or nickel blitzes with not a lot of pressure from from Peterson there. So I would say it was probably similar to the Ravens game in terms of how much they blitzed, probably about half the time. Okay. Some of that, some of those were green dogs though, with a tight end right. the back stays in and, and they blitz. Uh, but but still, uh, there was definitely some some design pressure in this game. Um, but I, I, I don't think this run defense will become serviceable until Cam returns. I think at this point, it's pretty clear, you know, we're many weeks into this thing and it's not really gotten a whole lot better. So probably is what it is. And you just have to hope that Haywood's return will, uh, really be the thing that beefs things up. All right. What else on defense caught your eye, Alex? Uh, let's see what else inside backers have to kind of see a lot of, a lot of Holcomb Alexander early Roberts a bit later in the game. Um, I mean, that's kind of, I guess, everything to talk about. Again, I thought Benton on limited snaps had a really big impact. It's kind of a bend, don't break type situation again. And uh, they, they got fortunate with the uh, with their kicker missing uh, two field goals. And uh, man, oh, shout out to Steelers Nation. You knew it was coming just by based off of uh, the Chargers game a couple of years ago at SoFi. And uh, man, that. It we they at one point during the broadcast they said sixty forty it it felt it felt like more than that didn't it Steeler Especially fans in, there in the second half I really you could really feel the crowd come alive as Pittsburgh got back in that game took the lead um, I thought yeah the Rams had to work on a silent count I thought the crowd noise in the fourth quarter really played in Pittsburgh's favor so it became a home game I think for the final frame of that thing. Uh, where was I going with this? Uh, oh, the, uh, two missed field goals and a miss, 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 missed extra point certainly didn't help the Rams. Uh, let's talk about, you got anything else on defense? No, that's your cover. Well, we'll, we'll uh, reconvene Wednesday when we go through the all 22. Let's talk about the pass interference on Witherspoon combined with the dead ball, uh, taunting by Deontay. So is the the thought there, how is that offset if it's a dead ball after the play versus something that happened during the play? Is that where you're going? Yeah, that's uh, there. I, I'm not just going there. A lot, a lot of people are going sure. there uh, 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 right now. But uh, it I don't once again, I and I'm going to defer to football zebra on this. What, whatever you want to think about uh, uh, him and what he does, I've followed him for a long time. Uh, he was asked about this. What about the offsetting penalties in the Steelers and Rams pass interference during the play and then taunting after play? Should it have been offsetting? His re- reply to that on Twitter was live live ball and dead ball combined. If fouls are all, are all by one team, then select one, decline the others. If any number are by both teams, offset and repeat the down. Exception to that is if there's a foul against an official, that is enforced as separate. So he's saying it was called correctly by the official. That's what officials. he that's what he is saying. Okay. Again, my knowledge on some of the 
technicalities of the rules is not uh, up to par, and I, that's what football zebras do. Uh, that's their their whole site. So I'll, I'll defer to them on this one. All right. So that uh, I'm not. I, I, I'm gonna have to go pull because there's two different kind of rule books and all. You got to go find that real detailed one. And man, it's long. I have to go back and try to double check that at some point, but I know a lot of people are, and, and really at first blush, I was kind of under the assumption that, well, shouldn't, shouldn't a pass interference be first and then thus a first down. And then the yardage marked off after that is a dead ball. But obviously that wasn't the case. Right. What happened on Pickens? Because it was still a first down after the, the taunting, right? They just moved them back. They treated that as um, right. I guess uh, kind of separately though, because they ruled you know catch first down, and then they assessed the taunting after that. Right, but because it was a catch, right? Right, and, right. And it moved moved the chains, and then the dead ball gets assessed after that. Yeah. All right. So um, yeah, there's that, and then you could talk about the fourth down sneak. Right. Did they spot that well? And you know McVeigh could challenge because it was. Technically, before the two-minute warning, he was out of timeout, so he was un- unable to challenge. No official booth review on that. I, I don't know if he got it or not, but you know that's where they spotted it, and it's it pretty felt, hard to tell. It felt, at least from, and really, I think the 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 fart, the live, the live, the live act, the live shot of the play might have been the best shot of it. I think, but uh, I, I tell you what, I thought he was short. I thought he got a generous spot. However, I'm was did you see anything conclusive enough in the replays that would have respotted the ball? No, I, I don't think you did. I think in those sneaks it's hard to see anything at all, let alone anything conclusive. So I think in those situations it's it's hard to uh to overturn the initial ruling. And I don't think we'll use generally we'll see what the all 22 says. I don't think we're going to get a better angle than some of the angles that they had within that. Uh, I, I think they got a generous, I do think they got a generous spot, but Mm -hmm. I'm not convinced that unless there was some angles we, that they didn't show, I'm not convinced it gets overturned because it not being conclusive. Sure. I'm with you. So it was a, Definitely, a you know, some debate about that, but that was the ruling, and certainly Steeler fans will take it. Did McVeigh finally? Did it take McVeigh half half a fifteen seconds to figure out that he was out of challenges and that it was above <laughs> uh, above two minutes left? Seemed like he was doing some math there. <laughs> yeah, I think he's maybe a little thinking, hoping that there could be a review from the officials on that, but obviously uh, they were unable to do so. Right. Uh would have made for an interesting final two minutes of the game if 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 they turned that ball over. Look, I, I was fully on board for them going for it. I'm I'm, I'm sure okay. you were too. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, in, in in that situation, especially as, as good as Kenny has been on these sneaks and all like that. But uh, uh, definitely something that's going to be talked about uh, these next couple of days. And I, I meant to mention with the offensive section of us talking about this game. Con- Congrats to the offense to finishing this thing out. I mean, eating the last mm-hmm. 528 of the game, you know, picking after the game, talked about how they weren't able to do the four-minute offense and really close things out. What was it? The Raiders game. They had a little bit of time left in that one. Some other examples this year, um, you know, the, the botched nature of the, the Ravens game, for example. So uh, for the offense to have a true, you know, last possession, defense never has to go back on the field. That is that is huge. 
when is the last time we've seen a stay uh 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 in the game six to, uh in the six to four minute range of, of getting the football to to kill the clock for a win probably been a while yeah i don't know exactly when it's been um i can try to look it up though if you if you I, I, it just ran through my head we, you 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 can tell me on wednesday if you want to yeah, but it was, you know, really big overall. I mean, four-minute offense, closing the game out, that is what teams talk about. That's a, a great opportunity to do that. And so uh, they, you know, it some controversy on the fourth down play there, but overall, um, you know, a really key drive. Special teams. Yeah, I mean, that was huge. You talk about the Rams missing their, their three kicks. I mean, you know, Marr misses a 53-yarder. Boz makes his 53-yarder. That That's a huge difference, huge swing in that game. And Harvin, I thought, was decent overall. No big miscues. So... You know, Boz is, is money. Uh, you had that uh, Calvin Austin bobble there. <laughs> kind of right. made you lose your breath for a moment, but he ended up coming down uh, with that. And, uh, yeah, just uh, overall, no, no hu- uh, let the other team make mistakes on special teams, and, and that certainly happened. Right, right. Uh, he spins too much on every punt return. He loves to spin. I'm waiting for that ball to come out. One of those times he gets popped, but uh, he recovered, and, um, you know, he didn't go full Olszewski on us. So we'll take yeah. it. Yep, absolutely. All right, Dave, any other final thoughts here for this game? Uh, I think we got most of it, didn't we? Yeah, I think we covered it pretty well. So we can get to a couple of reader emails and close out today's show. Uh, Let's see here if I can sort these here. Uh, George O'Daughtery writes in, Hi, guys, I have a question about uh, Steelers etiquette. Was it wrong for me to stand and sing, Oh, Canada, after the touchdown pass Oh no, this was uh from an early one. I think he did did he have a tag in on that? Uh oh, here it is. Dear David Knox, uh George, you add so much happiness to our lives. Uh George O'Dotter and I are part of a rather exclusive club called Organic Chemistry Professors who love the terrible podcast, is what he had to say. All right, thanks for that, George. Thank you, George. Uh, Jeff writes in, good morning. Two questions. One, in all seriousness, is it possible to have an offensive scheme that only works on a tired defense? He says, sounds crazy. I know, but how many games now have we seen now that the offense only comes alive in the fourth quarter when the defense is tired and the score is close enough that we can still run the football? Number two, before the season, uh, all I heard was Patrick Peterson has never played inside and that would be a bad idea. Now all I hear from analysts is that Patrick Peterson should be playing inside full-time and was not signed to play outside cornerback role which one is it well jeff i'll I'll tell you this uh they need better out of patrick peterson wherever they put him yeah i mean i shared my concerns i mean there were there were a couple concerns one was you know how well he would transition to a new role but i think me the the larger concern was you know would they be a a man heavy type of team with peterson that probably is not a man heavy type of corner at this stage of his career now pittsburgh's been into more of his own personality this year but the thought was basically can this guy still play on the outside at 33 i think we're realizing that he can't so i think you have to move him inside I, i don't know if it's really another another option at this point right uh and as far as the offensive scheme that works on look i just be glad to get it done in the fourth quarters is all is my response to that. I mean, yeah, they, they need to pick it up in the first, first three quarters uh, more than a half. But I, I, I think if you go back and watch this game again on just even on the TV tape, uh, you're going to feel a little bit better about this thing. Yeah. Just real quick, Dave, to answer your question, just a rough eyeball of this. I believe the last time Pittsburgh used the, at least the final five minutes plus to close out a game 
uh, was back in December of 2016. Wow. Against the Bengals, where they ran, I think, 13 plays and took off uh, 553 on the final drive to never give the ball back to Cincinnati. So uh, I don't know if that was the one where they pulled the guard a million times to end that game. Maybe it was, but uh, it's been seven years. Uh, let's see here. Nick Shuley writes in Alex today. Just got around to watching the highlights from yesterday, yesterday's win. And boy, it's nice to see the Steelers get a win, especially on the West coast where they usually struggle. Yeah. Uh, now one uh, regular first win in California against the Los uh, Angeles versions of the Rams, not the Super Bowl. I know that's a mouthful, but uh, uh, good to see them get a, a win out west against the Los Angeles version of the Rams in the regular season. Uh, he says it was also very nice to see Deontay Johnson come back and make an impact with a solid game. I know he's had his warts since he got drafted, but he's grown into a, a great homegrown veteran leader for the wide receiver group. He says, I'm curious, though, with his contract set, set to expire after next season, do you guys think he'll get another extension? I think it's way too early uh, right now to think about that. My gut reaction would be no, but uh, it's it's still way too early to kind of speculate about what what Deontay Johnson future will be after his current contract uh, expires. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be an appetite to want to keep him around. Still playing good ball overall, but we'll cross all those bridges later on. Berkey writes in, love Alex's stats of the weird. Weird. Here are a couple for you. The Steers had the most wins for with a negative point differential of negative 24. He writes most wins of any team that has scored less than 104 points through six games. He says, by the way, the Steers have scored three or more points uh, than the great Joe Burrow Bengals Steelers are tied Hmm. for uh, third in the league and turnover differential at plus six tied for second in giveaways with six uh, tied for second in giveaways with six. I guess that's lowest. Uh, have we ever seen a team that doesn't turn the ball over yet can't win the time of possession stat (laughs) in a game? Steelers are 30th in time of possession. Crazy. He writes one more. I thought maybe the Steelers had as many wins for as TD passes, but Kenny Pickett has five. Can we beat the Jags without a TD pass this week? Let's go. I have not checked those stats, Berkey, but uh, we'll take your, take your word for that. Uh, Cosmo writes in, uh, like the play design on a touchdown where Warren and Harris were both on the field. I was expecting a chase Claypool style goal line in around, uh, there. happy to see some pulling linemen throughout the game. What'd you think about the play design on the, uh, on, on the pass to Connor down there on the play action? Yeah. yeah I mentioned that earlier. I thought it was a nice design overall. It was a good fake. And that's just, uh, you know, e- we're talking about, you know, easy wins for the offense. What are the, what are the layups you can give your offense, give your quarterback to get some, some easy yardage. And that's a great example of it. So yeah, again, need to check the tape, but I thought Canada watching it live called a really good game. Uh, let's see. Happy to see some pulling linemen throughout the game. How are our tight ends such a non-factor in the passing game? He writes, what kind of route concepts do they have uh, to get them evolved in? I think I think to get uh, for, for non-Pat Fryermuth, uh, which got three more games of that, I think you need to see a – the stuff that that you saw with the with the Connor play there, uh, and I think you know you know what uh, Washington did a lot. Or I, I shouldn't say a lot of, but I mean uh, he was either red zone or a lot of those misdirection kind of leakouts with him. 
Mm. You know, get get you know short passes, kind of uh, blocking, disengaging, and and and, and kind of leaking out to the flat, getting the ball, uh, and then letting the big guy do do stuff out in space. That might be something a way to get him involved a little bit more in the passing game. And you know, unfortunately with Rodney Williams, I I just it struggles for him to get on the field and get snaps anyway. But yeah, I mean, you know, former wide receiver with him, you could probably draw one or you know one or two things up uh for him but you know until pat firemuth comes back as as far as and you see these kind of spot uh zone type things like they tried to get the ball to washington in that game against uh the yeah, the, the 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 ravens there that that was broken up from behind there outside of that i don't i it is probably going to be a bit of a chore to get the tight ends involved in the passing game unless they're kind of those short kind of peel out mm-hmm. type type uh, type type routes. Yeah, I think so too. I think the play action boot stuff like the Hayward, one of his receptions is going to be the most uh, frequent way to get some of these tight ends to football. I mean, a Washington's a red zone guy. That's even what he was in training camp when he made some plays, but they, they barely been in the red zone until this game and they were running it with success in the red zone. But yeah, that leak out idea is a great call where you kind of faith like he's going to block and he just kind of goes out to the opposite side and you throw it back to him. There's a chance to do something with that. So hopefully with more red zone possessions, more red zone opportunities, some of that stuff will emerge. Uh, one final question he has in here. The Steelers postgame meal was in and out burger. Have you guys had them before? I don't think Alex has uh, been out West to have an in and out burger uh, out here. A popular chain out West. Obviously he says as a Californian, I think they're just all right. This is going to be blasphemous on my part being as how I've now resided out West for seven, eight years and uh, partaking in, in all like that. I just think in and out burgers kind of meh. <laughs> But, I've heard that uh, a lot from California uh, West Coast people, and and maybe I don't. Maybe I'm a West Coast snob now. I I I, I don't know, but uh, I I'd much rather go. Do you have you? You guys don't have Jack in a Box, do you, or anything like that? I think Jack mm-hmm. in a Box uh, is is very popular uh, out out west out here. I I think they have a much better. I think their food all all the way around Jack in a Box is better uh, than than In and Out Burger, and I'll probably get some hate mail for that, but I don't care. I think there actually might be one near me. The internet says I don't know if it closed down or if it's open or whatever the case is, but um, I'll go check that out sometime, Dave. Uh, Roland, real quick. Uh, good afternoon, guys. Uh, enjoy the site. Love the podcast each week. By the way, they are never too long. Anyway, to the point, you guys have been hammering home something I've been thinking about for a while now. It's not a player problem with this team. It's a coaching problem, specifically the coordinators. I believe Mr. Rooney, Coach Tomlin, are doing the team an injustice by hiring subpar coordinators. Uh, I don't if uh, if money is the issue or if it. he says he doesn't know if money is the issue or bad evaluation. Uh, by the organization. I would love to see them be as thorough hiring as they were Weidel and Khan. Look at Dotson, Witherspoon, Green, Spillane, etc. All examples of bad Steeders thriving with different coaching systems. I miss the days of Munchak, Haley, and Flores as quality coaches on the staff. What are your thoughts on this, fellas? Thanks for the insight, Roland. First and foremost, uh, look, I I stated in this uh, in my five keys I thought they should go after those corners in this game. And uh, A, uh, Pickens had 
has a history, had a history with both those guys, you know, one, one at Georgia and Kendrick and obviously Witherspoon and look that, that played in their favor. I, I thought the Steelers wide receivers overall got, got the better of, of their, their corners. Uh, you know, look, Dotson played well up until this point. I don't know how he graded out. I don't think he was awful in this game uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Kendrick Green, I mean, Green had a good game against, you know, uh, represented himself well uh, before he he went down. But I, I, I'm willing to bet Green's just a backup in the NFL. And I, I love me some Bob Splane, but. Are we going to be talking about Bob Splain in a couple more years from now? And, you know, the couple of interceptions that he had, you, you can't fault him for them, but they landed right in his hands, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, and look, coordinators overall, I get it. I, I get to talk about that, but this, we we're losing sight of the, the fact that this team's four and two right now. And what did we say at the top of the show? 11 and four in, in their last 15 since the bye uh, last week. I paint that however you want to paint it, <laughs> but going 11 and four in a 15 span, I don't care where that span happens. That's impressive. No matter how you want to carve that thing up. Sure. Like you said earlier, I think you said it well, top of the show, the NFL, it's hard to win. And it does not mean we can, we can't critique in victories. We sure. can also praise and losses. We, we certainly do both. We'll continue to, to do both in Canada. Listen, we've, we've criticized him a lot. There's really not much new ground to cover at this point. And I thought he called what looked like a pretty good game against the Rams. Um, you know, I know that's been the, the, the talking point about they don't pay those guys enough. We have no idea how much those guys make. And other teams, that's not public information. We have a rough idea what Tomlin makes, and, and that's about it. And he's one of the higher paid uh, coaches in football. So um, that's all kind of speculation. So, I mean, I, I think Austin is a, is a pretty good D.C. You know, Canada, certainly not been a fan of the, the body work overall. But we'll talk about those things in the off season whenever coaching changes could happen. Right. I mean, Canada's done nothing in my 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 book right now to to warrant <laughs> retaining his job. But there, there's a lot of season left, obviously. And all I look, I, I roll. I get everything that you're saying here. But uh, uh, and 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 we are as as critical about this team as as probably uh, anyone that you will find. But in, in the flip side, you. You have you've got to respect the fact that somehow this team has gone, uh, like I said, you know, eleven and four in the last fifteen games for whatever reasons that is. Yeah, there's a there's a resolve with this team that most teams don't have, and that kind of wills them to victory in moments where you kind of sit there. I mean, I think besides if you're if you're a fan of the opposing team, besides the Raiders game, I think it's the only instance where the opposition would say you know how do we, we were the better team like i think the browns probably think they were the better team in their loss did it with the ravens did it with the rams and they'd probably be accurate about that assessment in terms of that they were the better team than the steelers and yet the steelers come out on top so that's just that's in their nature it's in their dna and it's been a long-standing streak under mike tomlin look steelers were the better team in the fourth quarter really probably a good part of that third quarter too and and they were in uh, uh, as Chris Long said, don't let them hang around. Yeah, that is for sure. All right. Uh, time to get out of here, I think. Right. Yeah. We'll come back on Wednesday with you all 22 here from Mike Tomlin on Tuesday and see what else there is to report.
All right. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate, steedersdepot.com. Find the donate button in the navigation. Also, if you like uh, an ad-free version of the site, steedersdepot.com. Hit the ad-free button. Alex and I will try to digest the all 22 by Wednesday morning. Talk about this game and more. Uh, uh, more. Talk about Mike Tom Tomlin Tuesday. Start getting ready for the Jaguars. Busy week ahead. For the four and two uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So until Wednesday, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.